Welcome to an episode of Beyond Friends, a podcast through her eyes. This is your host, Mindy. I hope you all enjoyed listening to Sunny's Hey Bestie episode. For this Hey Bestie episode, you get to share some one-on-one time with me. I'm delighted to have you join me. If this is your first time listening to Beyond Friends, I'm happy to have you here. And if you've listened to us before, welcome back. Hey Bestie! Oh my gosh, a few weeks ago I was in Los Angeles for the Head in the Clouds music festival hosted by 88 Rising. It was my first time at Head in the Clouds and my first time going to any of 88 Rising's concerts. It was also actually my first time seeing any of the artists that were on the lineup, so I was so freaking stoked to go because I've been wanting to go to Head in the Clouds for a few years now. And I love so many of the artists that they work with. I mean, come on. Nikki, my queen. Joji, I have a low-key, high-key crush on him. And Rich Brian, I want to be his friend. Not only that, but I really appreciate the concept of the festival, how it celebrates and highlights Asian artists. As y'all know, Asians are underrepresented and often misrepresented in the media, whether that's through film, music, or other outlets. I feel like Asian artists are gaining more recognition as of late, especially with the constant rise of K-pop, but I feel like Asian artists and their music are still often othered, indeemed, or not acknowledged widely, as if these artists don't have a space in mainstream music, or they're still um, deemed as just like international, or international Asian music is only recognized. The impact is obviously still huge considering um, how great their music is. And as an Asian American, I'm glad to have shared that moment at Head in the Clouds and to be able to celebrate music, art, artistry, and Asian pride. So in today's episode, I kind of wanted to give a little review on the overall festival experience through my eyes. This includes like ticketing, entrance food, etc. and the overall music. So I went to the festival with my siblings and we all purchased VIP tickets. Our VIP tickets were $422 each and we bought it on the second round of VIP ticket sales. So they would have been a little bit cheaper um, right when the VIP tickets first went out. But yeah, other than that, we also purchased preferred parking passes for the parking lot right outside of the festival entrance, which was $100. The VIP perks were merch, early entrance and VIP entrance lanes. VIP area on the festival grounds, including bathrooms, some booths, food options. Um, I think that's the main things. The VIP merch was a drawstring, a drawstring bag, a white t-shirt, a white face mask, a lanyard, and the VIP festival wristband. Of course, all of them were branded with 88 Rising um, stuff. My general review of the VIP experience, if that's what you will call it, is that it was not worth it. It was not worth that amount of money because it wasn't very much of a VIP experience. I mean, like, it was still nice that we had our own section, but the section is just there. It doesn't have anything to do with the the actual concert or anything. So I feel like the VIP perks were not enough for me to, like, feel enticed to continue purchasing VIP for future festivals. Um, For one, VIP early entrance began at around 1 or I think 1.30 p.m. And general admission entrance began at 2 p.m. Considering the walk from the entrance to all of the festivities, the lines, and like all the stuff there is to do at the festival, it would have been nice for early access to be at least a few hours before general admission, maybe like two hours before. That way we get a good amount of time on our own to explore, take pictures, all of that stuff in before we can go to the stage and like kind of 
you know, claim our territory at the pit. Because if you wanted a good spot at the pit, you would have had to get there real fast. And if you wanted to keep that spot, you are stuck there the entire day. There is literally no in and out of going back to your spot that you um, were at. And so that means you're not able to walk around and go explore like the different booths and stuff like that if you were to go. Yeah, so it would have been dope if VIP early access was sooner. That way we got to actually experience the festival. I feel like literally it was like I had to book my ass to the stage as soon as we got in because, you know, we wanted a good spot. The VIP section is still quite far from the stage. And so it's not like you're getting very close up views of what's happening on the stage. It's also to the side of the stage and not like in front of the stage where all the action happens. And so that was also a downfall of the VIP section because I feel like it almost kind of like defeats the purpose of going there for the concert. It's like, I don't know, that's a that's a different experience in itself, basically, um, if you want the comfort of that. And then the exclusive VIP food options were meh. In general, though, all of the food and drinks at Head in the Clouds, regardless if they were VIP or not, um, they were still overpriced and expensive as hell, as you would probably guess. Other than that, the VIP restrooms were nice because they had like those trailer, they had like the trailer restrooms, which were nice. They also had like porta potties that were a little nicer and more spacious. And it was actually kind of funny because I was going to use the bathroom and I was going to go into the, the porta potty, but one of the events that was like, wait, no, no, no. Like, don't go in there. Go in the trailer. I was like, oh, OK. I didn't know like that I could. I didn't I, I didn't know. So I went to the trailer and it was really nice. And so like I used it and everything. And then when I came out, I was like, yo, thank you for letting me know. It's like, of course, like I wouldn't let you go to the porta potty when there's the trailers that were nicer and open and available. I got you. So that was nice. The VIP section, they also had like various booths and um, other like pop-ups. But again, if you didn't have time to go before after the show and likely after the concert, there's not much left for you to see there anyways. And so, yeah, unless you went throughout the concert, you probably wouldn't have really got any of the free stuff or gotten to see any of the those booths. Um, the other thing that was nice about the VIP tickets was the VIP lines because on the first day, me and my siblings, we did get there right around two, which is when doors open for general admission. And since um, VIP had already gone through, there were no more lines. And so we got to go through while GA was still like in their line checking in. So that was nice. But honestly, like I said, I feel like the perks of VIP are not very percacious. I just totally made that word up, but um, yeah, it's not very enticing for me to want to get that quote unquote experience again for future years. Apart from the VIP tickets, I thought the festival should have been uh, honestly just one stage for artists. They had two stages. One was called the 88 stage, I think, and that was like the main big stage. And then they had a smaller stage called the double happiness stage where some other performers um, performed. Again, with the issue of you losing your spot in the pit and um, just like not being able to go in and out if you want to keep your spot, especially if you're towards the front, you are not going to be able to go back and forth to each stage to see the different performances unless you are down with staying at the back. Um, yeah, and honestly, that's quite unfair to the performers too because... 
the performer at the small stages, like they deserve recognition and they deserve a good audience as well. But I'm not even sure how the hype was for them because naturally they would get a smaller audience. And so, yeah, I would have loved to see some of the performers who were at the double happiness stage, but unfortunately I didn't get to because I just stayed at the big stage the entire day. I did appreciate that the event staff passed out free water. So like at the front, they would pass it and then we would like pass the water bottles back for people who needed it. On the first day, they consistently told people and like made announcements for people to back up and mind people's space. Of course, there was still naturally people shoving and pushing and trying to like get through people, which is very rude. But um. Yeah, event staff, they did like try to moderate that by making announcements and stuff. And Head in the Clouds did happen literally, I think, like the next day after the Travis Scott Astroworld tragedies where several individuals died and were injured at Travis Scott's concert. So I'm sure that that had a big um, influence as to why the staff were moderating it. But in general, this was my first ever music festival. So it was pretty cool to experience that. I don't know how much I like the festival experience, mainly because of how exhausting it is. It's like the concert, I mean, doors, general admission doors open at two and then the concert doesn't end around till like 10, 11, 10 and 11. And so um, you're literally just standing outside the entire day, especially again in the pit. There is nowhere to nowhere to go to rest. And so if you sit or you're literally just like squatting or sitting where you're at in the pit, and that's actually kind of dangerous too. So yeah, definitely the second day, uh, me and like the crowd I was with, we were really tired. So we took a lot of sitting breaks. But yeah, I do definitely enjoy and I think I would prefer a more intimate concert experience instead because you you get to see more of the artists and you get to interact with them and I'm sure they get to talk more with the audience too you know other than that like the again the music festival experience is super dope because you get to see so many people in just a span of however many days that festival is Okay, enough of those logistics. I just share those things in case you're interested in ever going to Head in the Cloud so you can kind of know what to expect and kind of how the experience was like for me. Yeah, it's it's cool, but there's definitely like ways you can prepare for it. But of course, people have different like tolerances and different things they look for when they go to music festivals and um, they want to experience it differently too. If you're like me who literally wants to see the music and wants to see the artists and stuff like that, you're going to want to be in the pit all day. But if you're there more for like the social aspect of it and you you like like and enjoy the music, but you also want to like talk to people, experience stuff, check out like the merch, take pictures and stuff, then you're probably more willing to walk around, stay more in the back of the crowd and stuff like that. So again, if that's everyone has um, a different experience depending on what you want to go for. Okay, now my thoughts on the music. Oh my gosh. Ah, I loved, I loved it, y'all. Okay, if Head in the Clouds, aside from all of the stuff I just talked about, and it was literally just, uh, if it was just a festival and like I got to, oh my, let's just say I had a really good time. I am so happy I got to see all of these artists. Like I said, I've never seen any of these artists before. I think going in, I was most excited to see Joji, Nikki, DPR Live, and DPR Ian, and Saweetie. I was also excited to see, like, of course, other artists like Keshi, CL, Rich Brian, etc. 
Um, I was like telling myself and thinking like, damn, when Nikki and Joji go on, I'm probably gonna cry. Ugh, it was honestly so magical to share the space with so many great artists and witness their work. While the festival experience is like exhausting as hell, it's also dope as fuck to experience all of that great art in one space. So in my opinion, the most hype set was Few Good Music, a record label signing BB, Busy, Yunire, and Tiger JK, BB's flirty and sensual energy made the crowd go wild, and she even kissed a fan. I wish I was that fan that she kissed. She also threw out like condoms during her performance too. She got it because her lyrics um, in that song, there's lyrics that go like, pack of cigarette and condom. Yeah, she's just really funny. She was like, I'm gonna make y'all fall in love with me tonight and stuff like that. So, so yeah, honestly, I loved her presence and how she had fun with her fans and just the confidence that she exhumed on stage. But although BB had everyone crushing over her, Busy, Yumi Rei, aka Natasha, and Tiger JK of MFBTY, which stands for My Fans Are Better Than Yours, they're like a trio hip-hop group, they had the crowd bumping, y'all. They literally hyped the crowd up so much and their set was so lit. I actually like didn't listen to them that much before. I know their song Angel, but... I didn't like follow them that much, but yo, when they came on, I was like, damn, this is, this is fun. This is super fun. And then um, when they freaking performed their song, Angel, ah, I wanted to freaking cry. I swear I thought I was going to cry, but I think I was in too much shock and I was too in love with them that I didn't cry. And I was just like singing and like recording them. It literally brought me back to when the song was released and my siblings, would they would play it on repeat. Even though the song came out when I was in college, I felt like my childhood was touched and like my childhood, my child me was living with me in that moment. Man, their set was straight fire. Most hype and one of my favorite sets and definitely very memorable. But I would say probably the most, one of the most memorable sets for me or like one that still makes me so giddy to this day was DPR Live and DPR Ian. (sighs) And that's because I already like crushed on them so hard and I've been wanting to see them in person um, and perform live for a while now. So my dreams literally came true that day on the very first day I had in the clouds. I really liked the way they worked with one another because obviously they co- they're a team. And so they collaborate and like they do vocals for each other and like help each other produce and stuff like that. But I also really obviously love them and um, their performances separately too. So yeah. Not to mention, this was Ian's first time performing in a long time with his new music. He just released an album this year called Mido. So that was very a proud moment for him, I'm sure. But I do have a particular bias in Dabin. They're both just so beautiful. I wish I got a better look at them. I kept getting pushed around during their performance and I'm so short. So I just barely saw them but regardless i was still fangirling and singing along with them so loudly okay nikki's set was beautiful and it was filled with so much thought you can tell that she worked really hard to curate it and since i like follow her and watch her instagram stories and stuff like that like yeah you can definitely tell how much effort and thought she put into it when she performed lose i cried (laughs) because that song touches me so much so to hear her perform it live with a live band which her live band consisted of all females, 
It was just spectacular. I loved it. Of course, the crowd went crazy for our guy Joji. Not going to lie, I was slightly surprised by his live vocals because they sounded just like his studio vocals we hear on his released music. He's still such a troll and he was really goofy on stage. But y'all, okay, can we talk about the electric guitar in attention though? Oh my god, I freaking love it. This is literally why I love live music with live bands because it adds so much dimension and flavor. And a lot of the times, like, you don't get that in the studio versions. You only get that in the live versions. And even in MFBTY's Angel performance, there was a guitar solo that was freaking chef's kiss. Oh my god, yes. Okay, anyways, my siblings and I were talking about Joji's set, and basically we came to a conclusion that he has such a great track record that we just kept wanting to hear more from him. Like, we liked all the songs that he performed, but we just kept wanting to hear more from him. And yeah, Joji's amazing. I love his vocals and his lyrics and his music is amazing. Other than that, artists who I do want to look more into or hear more from um, after the concert because I didn't really listen to them like that beforehand are Atarashi Gaiko, Warren Hugh, and Ege. Um, Ege specifically, like, I don't know. I knew I was started to know of him and I know he's like a part of day six and everything. And my sisters kind of talked about him, but... Yeah, I was really actually surprised and like very pleased by his performances and like just his energy was great. And then for Warren and his like producer Chasu, they had amazing energy too. They had the crowd bumping, but yeah, they they were on it. And then Atarashi Gaiko, they are just I don't know. They're just so cool to watch and listen to because um, they're like performers. And I don't know, you just get pulled in so well into their acts and what they're doing. Yeah, so many freaking great artists. Other than that, they do have finales for both nights, which honestly weren't as grand as I expected and like hoped for them to be. They were lit, but I wish there was more to it. I wish there were like more performances, more people it also seemed a little awkward and unrehearsed but anyways i don't have time to talk about everyone but man dreams came true for me that weekend to see so many freaking great people who i follow and listen to and now more who will be added on that list my head was definitely in the clouds throughout that weekend and even after even right now like i'm still not over it but if you went to Head in the Clouds too, let me know what your thoughts were and who your favorite performances or people or what your favorite set was. Are you going to go next year? Let me know. Um, I would love to hear more about your experiences at Head in the Clouds. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you have any questions or want to tell us your story, you can shoot us an email at teambeyondfriends at gmail.com. If you like our podcast, please share it with your friends and give us a rating. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Team Beyond Friends. Until next time.